0: Hey everyone in this episode of history unloaded with ashley and danny we are giving our most shahat takes Did <laughs> i say it right
1: i i think it. i kept going hot takes but sh-hot. i like shahat takes
0: shahat takes
1: shahat takes you can't see it but we're like yeah you gotta bob to when it. you
0: say it you have yeah, to yeah.
1: shahat takes Why? Why are we doing that, Danny?
0: (laughs) Because this episode, I believe, if we actually (laughs) make it through, will go live the Monday of SHOT Show Week, which we will both be at and have both gone to in the past and is a big deal for the gun world.
1: And before we get into that, I'd like to apologize on behalf of Danny for being the reason we didn't have an episode.
0: Oh, that's how (laughs) it's going to be, huh? You know? that's how it's gonna be
1: we recorded a great episode but danny's afraid he's gonna get banned
0: that's that's actually accurate that is i feel that like that's accurate.
1: just a word that we know it just needs uh, a little
0: edits it just needs some edits
1: needs some tweaks somebody mm-hmm. asked to hear danny's deep d- deepest dark secrets or whatever and he told us and we're a little concerned that somebody might kidnap him so, so
0: that's a future episode now
1: so that's a future episode once we both listen and make sure that Danny won't be banned,
0: I promise that if I do get vanned, and I'm not saying banned, if I get taken vanned. away from the van, I will call Ashley and record as fast as possible a live podcast episode from the van.
1: From the van. I feel like that's all of those like Instagram reels where it's like the two people laughing from like a movie, but it's like overlaid on something. And it's like when you and your best friend try to get kidnapped, but you know, yeah. it's something like yeah.
0: inappropriate. That'll be the vibes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the shot show, it, for those who don't know, is a shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show. And it's, I don't know, it's like the largest gun industry trade show in the country. And uh, it's been going on for a really long time. I could have looked up how many years, but I didn't. But I do know for a fact that one time when we were doing, I think it was the renovation and we were going through our vaults, we found a mallet. Is that the appropriate word?
0: Yeah, I think mallet fits.
1: Like a giant one, like a big old mallet. That was in honor of, I think, the 20th or 25th anniversary of SHOT Show. Yeah, and
0: it was like when it was still in St. Louis or something.
1: Yeah which yeah, yeah. i thought was really interesting because i don't know how that ended. like i don't know how in a million years that yeah. ended up as a collection why did we the Cody Museum. Like, i still don't know why like we have an advisory board member that used to be with nssf but he he came in like i think either right before i became curator or right after
0: yeah that doesn't feel like something he would have done it wasn't he, related to like his tenure
1: That for sure came in way before him. Although I guess we could look at the data came in and who donated it, like a
0: museum that has those records on. (laughs)
1: Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, it was super weird and random for us to find. We had no idea, and we did not know why that was there. But it, you know, really highlighted just how long this has been going on and a lot of people just associate shot show with las vegas uh which is where it's been for a really long time because they've got a, a, a exclusive contract with sands expo which is attached to the grand canal shops at the Venetian and the palazzo i sound like i'm doing an advertisement
0: wow. you really are you a travel agent is that your new career <laughs>
1: yeah basically um <laughs> So, but it, it wasn't always in, in Vegas. It was also in Orlando. It's been in St. Louis. It was in New Orleans pre-Katrina. Whoa. That was dangerous. I am hot take. You. Hot take. <laughs> the, the first... Actually, I'll tell a true story from my husband. Um, so because if he tells me what to think and do. Um so Mark was at pre Katrina shot show and he said that like in the hotel they were staying at like there was essentially just like tables and like drugs and like the cops were just like there watching that to like make sure that like that didn't get out of hand but like I don't know if I, I don't uh, know if I should be saying this. Now yeah, I'm getting gonna, banned. Nah, Danny, I'm going to get banned.
0: Man, I hope the reception in our two separate vans is good.
1: <laughs> and then um they were walking on the street and they were all, I believe they were all carrying legally and the police stopped them and they were like, what are you people doing? Um, And they were like, we're walking to our hotel. It's literally right there. And the officer was like, oh, are you here for SHOT Show? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, so you're, you're probably carrying. And they were like, yeah. And were he was like, get in the cap. Don't <laughs> get in the, the cap. cap. Uh, Cause the cop was like, if you don't want to use it between here and the hotel, get you in the get in the, get in the cap. that's what the that's what the officer said to me in the street after i was attacked in chicago get in a cab
0: wow great story really uplifting message today on the podcast
1: oh well to be fair new orleans is pretty dangerous Mm. again Um, so
0: did the orlando edition of shot show come with like disney tickets
1: you know i don't know mark was at that one too i would like to know my husband is old
0: (laughs) Because if it did, I mean, it's obviously like pre-Galaxy's Edge days, but maybe we should go back and get some Galaxy's Edge tickets. That's all I'm saying.
1: I would love to see it back in Orlando. I think the problem was that it's just grown so big. There's only so many places. Yeah, there's
0: not a lot of places you can actually host that many people in one spot.
1: I mean, it's, we're talking tens of thousands of people. That is like the low estimate. It's probably more like 70,000 people, but that is yeah, still yeah. under definition, tens of thousands of people. But basically it's set up for the gun industry. Um, and if you're tangentially connected, you can get a badge. Um, so they've got none of the main level, which is most of your big companies, uh glock winchester ammunition which doesn't sound like a big company but it really is um you know smith and wesson leupold so they're all on this main floor that's like da da da, da we're important um and then they there's... actually
0: have trumpeters at the entrance to do just that <laughs>
1: yeah you were on the important floor <laughs> um and then on the low there's a lower level which i lovingly call the flea market um, just because the ceilings are like very low and like, I think there's like, they like roll a rug out over top of concrete to like walk on better. Um, but to be fair, I really do need to say this because the there are, that floor is always so busy. Um, yeah. I pick on it because, you know, I, I'm an asshole. Um, but like, it really is like, cause it's a lot where a lot of like smaller companies will be, yeah. but like even not, I mean, years ago, Timmy used to have a booth down there um you know and they're a big company but it was kind of like you're more fringe right you yeah. wouldn't see I mean like a like the box store companies you wouldn't see them down there um and but you but it's so busy because it's got a lot of like the new cool up-and-coming um stuff or accessories ghillie suits do you remember the year I put the ghillie suit on and walked around
0: I- I kind of do yeah yeah
1: I will we'll put those in our shot takes after we get done with this very lengthy yeah. de- description um the also reason I don't trash on the flea market floor is because that's where the Cody fires museum is
0: that's where we have always been since I've been going to shot show that's
1: not true you just told a lie
0: oh you're right I did I'm already lying that's a liar <laughs> um that's where we've been most of the time that i've been going straight to, to the
1: shop. van that is my new,
0: anytime <laughs> new someone
1: says anything off color i'm just straight, straight to, to the, the van, van.
0: <laughs> what kind of van we don't know it's just a van um
1: because it could be a white van for like that's not that but really what we mean is like i think it's a black van with like blacked out windows because yeah
0: <laughs> yeah why you know it could be a lot of different types of vans but mostly the key is van not suv yeah i think um anyways most of the time that i've been going to the shot show cfm has been on the lower level we did get promoted kind of one year um because the the covid year caused a big like restructuring and then when they built the the caesars i don't know what to call it the
1: uh, the the, uh caesar's extension
0: forum. yeah so they, caesars forum yeah.
1: They added an extension to the show because it grew too big. Um, So the Caesars Forum, which is very misleading because it has nothing to do with Caesars, the casino. It is not attached to it. It is not close to it. It is, in fact, close to the link, which is a really crappy hotel that is pretty good. But it's, you know, so now, like, you could stay at the Palazzo and be attached to the show or you could stay at the link. So choice. Yeah,
0: and it's. Yeah, it's it's a very misleading name. But the first year they had it open, I think a lot of people were a little bit skeptical that they would be too far away. So they like they put the nonprofit group...
1: And they would be right.
0: ...over there. But then it turns out it's a brand new building, so it's actually kind of nice. And it's got like new carpet and new bathrooms. And yeah, it's a little far, but if you're an exhibitor that's like not going to be walking around and just talking to people a lot of the time, the amenities were actually pretty nice. And we were really close to very excellent and very low traffic bathrooms which was a huge plus plus. and i thought we were moving up in the world and then they moved us back to the the lower level the next year although was, i would like to just point transition.
1: out for those who attend SHOT Show pretty much any women's bathroom is a low tra- <laughs> a low traffic bathroom i kid i kid but actually no there it's are a, a lot of do, there's a lot of diversity at SHOT Show but i would say that i've never waited in line for a bathroom once a majority shot show. dudes yeah it's or the women just aren't going to the bathroom because there are a lot of women there like but i like but i should also point out that there's bathrooms like every two feet at shot show so if you're waiting for a bathroom you've made a mistake
0: well besides the deep dive into shot show bathrooms maybe we should start our shot takes
1: hot Shahat takes um yeah let's do that so let's give a little bit of background like how about before we get into like me in a ghillie suit and me almost getting vanned because I put that camouflage makeup on um oh and the time that my skirt ripped and we had to take down a life (laughs) okay baby let's just get into it let's just get what was
0: I doing for all of this where was i
1: <laughs> let me get into it we're just gonna get into it i was gonna it. i was gonna give a story about why museums would be at a trade show when we're not political but mm, i'm just gonna i'm gonna let's start telling stories and let's we can let's tell the boring
0: them. stuff later let's start yeah. with the story
1: okay so i have had a really interesting ride at shot show so i've been going since i was an assistant curator um so i think my first shot show Shahat show was 2014 i
0: think okay
1: yeah, 2014. So I went because, and we've talked about this a million times, but because we learned, or I learned quickly after I became assistant curator, that the museum had lived on a legacy for its entire existence, and nobody knew what it was. Uh, well, most people didn't know what it was um, anymore, and we were looking at doing a renovation. And we, when I was at the museum starting the summer of 2013, there was this big industry event that was in Cody. and <clears throat> it was, you know, 500 people across the gun industry, Shoot two-day shooting competition. They had all their, like most of their events at the museum. And I was giving tours and there were like these open nights where they would come. And I mean, we're talking executives. We're talking, and I'm going to say the most embarrassing one, which is Winchester Ammunition Executives. And for those of you not familiar, the Cody Firearms Museum used to be the Winchester Museum, thanks to the donation of the, from the Olin Foundation, I am talking. Okay, I should probably point out I'm on some medication right now that is causing me to be very fast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I feel like that should be pointed out so people are like, she's talking faster than normal. Um, so, so the Olin Foundation, which is Winchester Ammunition, gave the Winchester Arms Collection to Cody. So when I say that an executive at Winchester Ammunition came to me and was like, "Oh my God, this is awesome! I didn't know this was here." That's a moment.
0: That's a moment. That's where a...
1: I realized that I had been fed lies by the former curator about how important the Cody Firearms Museum currently was. It didn't mean the museum wasn't significant, but it was like new generation, like newer generation industry had no idea we were there.
0: We and just lost the, our brand awareness.
1: Yeah, we lost it. Like it was just gone. And so I was young, you know, and. I had a lot of energy. so I was like, I'm gonna do a super intense PR campaign for shot show and other industry stuff. So I go to shot. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I one of the things that I had to do to get like media, not, you know, I went and had meetings, but I decided to do a lot of media because that, to me, was the best way to reach a wider audience. Um and fun fact, my first interview that I did was at for NRA TV, I know. Um And they asked about the museum And there's two funny things to this Um, I'll find the video and we can post it on the Instagram page Follow us at History Unloaded um, So nice. Two things was One of them, the guy was very tall So I'm looking up But they cropped him out So I look a little drunk Like, cause like my, you know, like I'm like nodding and like my eyes are blinking. Cause like, I'm looking like up at someone who's like a foot and a half taller than me. And then too, he goes, and if people want to know more about the Cody Firearms Museum, you know, where can they visit? And I gave the wrong URL. I said, www.buffalobillcenterofthewest.org. For those of you who don't know, it's just center of the West. So they had to put an overlay on that. And that was my first experience. And that's, oh, my other really weird experience. (laughs) That shot show. I feel like this is going to be actually just. Yeah, this is is just the exact opposite
0: of what we just recorded. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right i needed to get my, my time so the other crazy thing so like I, I think at this point everybody knows i'm pretty like politically neutral um you know i i don't like to get involved in anybody's politics um and an organization that i have not been always the biggest fan of is the nra i'm just gonna say it i'm getting banned. um hashtag but i feel like that
0: one's okay to say no
1: Yeah, no, I think it's okay. So I, you know, I wasn't even an NRA member, I don't believe, but they had wanted to do a piece on me as the assistant curator of Cody. So they came out. It was a really good piece. Um, It was just kind of on my mission to educate everybody on history. Um, And they were very, very cognizant of my lack of interest in in their rhetoric, you know, and the way that they present themselves so they were actually really really good for it but they they sent a photographer out to the museum and they did all these photos um, so I, the night before I, the show I run into um, some of the guys from the NRA and they were having dinner and I was like oh hey um, and they and I always liked them because when they first met me they were like you, you're going to be the darling of the NRA and we will love you and and I was like oh don't tell him I'm a democrat <laughs> that's <laughs> what I said to him at the bar and he's like uh we don't have to focus on that. it was awesome so i've always been like at least in my dealings with the nra they have always known exactly what they were getting from me um but they see me and they're like oh i saw like a 10-foot version of you in on the show floor and i was like "Mm, what and they were like, oh, did we forget to tell you? We took one of your photos from the photo shoot and made you 10 feet tall. Okay, that's probably an exaggeration. You know what I'm talking about though, Danny, at the NRA Yes, booth. I know They've exactly what you're talking about. From their movies. Yes. And there's people, my first shot show, still not liking the NRA, put me as like a 10 foot tall, illuminated Ashley, unbeknownst to me, in their booth. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. I did not know this story.
1: I was like, oh no. (laughs) I was like, oh no. So that was my first shot show.
0: Oh, mine was way more tame in that like, my first one was 2017. Yeah, 2017. And like my only real memory of that one is that By that point, we were taking guns to display with, like, Winchester. Um, We'd take a historic Winchester from the collection. It would be displayed at the Winchester booth. It was a really cool partnership in a way to increase our brand awareness. who got that
1: partnership, Danny? Who did that? Yeah,
0: it's something Ashley did really well.
1: Actually, if I could interject real quick, that giant picture of my face helped my rep tremendously in getting meetings for that show
0: i imagine it would i've never had a giant i nor do i want even if it would help a giant picture of my face it would just
1: be a normal size yeah
0: it's just a normal size next to the blown up ashley we should we should get that and print that somewhere we really
1: should
0: um yeah so my memory of the first shot show was mostly being kind of confused all the time because it's sort of overwhelming and then i would go up and work the like we tried to staff both our booth and the Winchester booth. And so Dan and I would rotate out of um, staffing the Winchester booth. And I always felt super awkward because like I knew they knew who I was, but like they're all working and I'm just sort of standing by the side and people would be like, I want to buy a lot of Winchester. ammo." I'll be like, cool. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my main, my main memory of the first shot show. No banners.
1: Uh, Well, I have, I think this might've been your first shot show, but so when I was trying to market the museum and get more people to know it, I hustled a lot, um, having dinners, like two dinners sometimes every night, um, with different people. So I had one rule of people who attended chat show that were a part of the Cody firearms museum, do not eat with each other, find somebody to eat with. Um, it doesn't have to be a high level executive. You know, it could just be someone you meet at the circle bar, which if you're not familiar with chat show, that's a place where a bunch of people get drunk. Um, but the you know find something to eat with and maybe this wasn't the first one but i remember when i was like danny who are you going to dinner with and you were like so i met this guy on reddit (laughs) continue
0: i mean it's true i i have a number of people and this was even like before i became into before i became assistant curator um I certainly know a few folks from like firearm social media and like forums and Reddit and stuff like that. And so one of the guys I knew from like the pre assistant curator days um, had messaged me because he was going to be at show and it got a little sketch, but I definitely met somebody from Reddit and I think I (laughs) freaked Ashley out.
1: I was like, please let me know if you are okay. I am concerned.
0: Look, nothing bad has ever happened to anybody meeting a stranger from the internet.
1: No. Not no, at all. Not once. Not it's once. Fine. Um oh here's another one from my first shot show that maybe I shouldn't share, but I'm gonna. Um so I my first shot show, I had met the Winchester executive at the shooting industry masters, which was that event I was talking about the summer before. And so I had worked the deal To display in the Winchester booth for my first shot show. So I went with a board member because we had, like, you know, it was, we had no staff. We were on a hiring freeze. So we had Dan Brumley and Dan, like, we couldn't just all, you know, load up in the car and go. And I think at that point, Dan might have been still part time. Yeah. So I don't think he was allowed to um, with the hours. But um, so I had to go with a board member when we drove the guns down there. You know, and there's a lot of behind the scenes paperwork that has to go on. Uh, you know, to make sure that you can take the the artifacts safely out of the building, how you're going to transmit um, transmit them, how they're going to be displayed and secured. Um, all of that goes into it. There's a lot of like steps and memos and paperwork to get to that point. So, I selected guns. You know, I'm not again not the curator at this point. I selected guns that I thought were cool. Um, I'm not going to say which gun it was. Um, but I selected a couple of guns. The, one of the guns gets approved by the curator and the executive director. And I get the paperwork as we're like getting ready to go. Cause they give you all the paperwork. It's got to travel with the artifacts. It's insured for a million dollars. I was taking a gun insured for, a, it, by the way, it shouldn't have been insured for a million dollars, but it was, uh, I mean, I don't think it should be, but you know, it was insured for a million dollars when it left or sorry, it wasn't insured for a million dollars. It was estimated at a million dollars. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) I'm an idiot. If these guys, like, and it was like, I was responsible for everything. And so like I had, you know, we didn't have a lot of money then, So we had a really good security system set up, but it involved taking the gun off display every night and taking it somewhere and like having it secured. So every day at the end of the day, I was like shaking, like, oh no. You know, we got the better version of like, we hired, we ended up hiring security (laughs) later. So that there was like, cause there's, you know, alarms in the cases and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, that was terrifying. Which also brings me to another shot show where Danny and I almost died.
0: Oh yeah. Coming back.
1: So we we would, you know, it's it's there's not really any way to get the guns there other than to drive to Vegas. And you have to drive with two people. It can't just be one of you because, you know, what if something happens to you? But also bathroom breaks, you know, so that people are with the artifacts at all time. Um and one year, you know, it's January, Danny and I were driving back um from Shot Show, and it started to snow.
0: In a very remote part of Wyoming
1: where there was no cell reception and there was a Canyon and it was called the wind river Canyon.
0: Yeah. It's not the most remote part of Wyoming that we drive through, but you definitely lose cell service and the weather gets really bad right there. And it was like full on whiteout conditions. And we've been on the road for probably what, like, I don't know, 10 hours at that point, something like that.
1: Something like that. And, and it went white out. And then these, stupid cars in front of us stopped like they stopped on the road and the and the like you know i get that it was hard to see but they stopped on the road and we're watching the snow pile up and we're "We're just like don't
0: full stop whatever you do don't We're
1: literally like 20 plus minutes from like the town like the closest town so it's not like we could walk anywhere we were just going to get stuck and um and then these trucks like these, you know, tractors started flying past us, and so finally, I think we ended up going around them. Yeah, we but just you, went around. And though though and like I feel like you and I like held hands or something. Like I feel like we like <laughs> we was, were like it was genuinely it was a scared.
0: Dangerous situation. It was a legitimately dangerous situation, and like. Yeah. And I I remember being really angry because there, there was like a semi or something that passed us and just, he just kept moving because he knew what was up. But yeah. then we got like passed by these two pickup trucks that were, they were the most annoying. And it's like, all right, these guys think there's something because they have pickup trucks and four wheel drive. And then they just, they get past us and then they just like dead stop. And it's like, what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, they were and, like, oh, God, we were just
0: trying to crawl, like keep some momentum up and like keep moving a bit because we couldn't see, but we were trying to not stop at all or not stop completely. We had a couple cars behind us, but yeah, it was it was probably the most nervous I've been in like driving a, a vehicle like in a remote. And I
1: was ride. driving, right?
0: Yeah, you were driving, and Wasn't like it... we even talked about, do we want to like switch drivers or but something like that? But car. we didn't want to stop long enough to change to change drivers.
1: Well, I would have just blown away. I mean, it was so right. Windy.
0: Yeah, it was so it was really nasty weather, and
1: it was like the only way we made it. And and for people who are who don't know that area, it's very windy, and then there's water there's like a little there's like a little cliff and then there's water um and so the way the only way we made it through because we genuinely couldn't see was i rode the berm it was the only way so the whole way i drove on the berm so i knew i wasn't you know so we could feel it and hear it because you could not see anything and what did we stop at mcdonald's or pizza hut on the way out i think think, McDonald's.
0: yeah i think it was mcdonald's so and it was a really bizarre so If you've driven through the Wind River Canyon, you'll probably have experienced some of this. But, like, the weather can be vastly different on, like, either side of the canyon. So we get there, and we get to the canyon. And once we get down in the canyon, there's a little bit less wind than there was. It was still snowing pretty hard, but it was a little bit less wind. So then we drive through the icy canyon next to the very cold and icy river. And um, we finally get to the other end of the canyon. And it's, like, it's cold, but it's not, like, snowing. There's, like, light snow, maybe. Visibility was absolutely fine like a little bit of moisture on the roads nothing super serious and it was just like completely different weather and i think we just pulled into mcdonald's and like it was it was late at night and we just started like eating something just to be and there was
1: that mom that was behind us driving behind us and she's like oh my god yeah she came in and like gave you a big hug (laughs) and i was like if you only knew how many car accidents i have been and how many cars i've totaled in the winter
0: (laughs) you would you would not
1: um, well, and then we kept being like, we're gonna die and we're like the old, like the brain trust of the Cody Fires Museum. we were yeah, like, what, in the what middle of the renovation then? like 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 it was all just gonna go down that was that was so scary.
0: so shot show, huh
1: So <laughs> shot show the
0: things we have done to get to shot show and back from Wyoming
1: it's been yeah, and then okay, so I mentioned Gilly suit so the the media part of it, I used to be like all over like shot media like all the time. And I, so I used to be with Outdoor Life and Outdoor Life would hook up a ca- like a microphone and they'd have a cameraman. They'd follow me around and I would do history stuff like the top five things you might not have known about FN. And people would be big old jerks in the comments about it because they don't actually know anything about history, but they think they do. Um, and I would go around and do that with Outdoor Life. And one year I was so sick that like, I remember like, I just, the, the camera guy had to pull the earpiece out because I just kept, I had like, I had like, pneumonia or something like walking pneumonia and I was just like <laughs> like the whole time like and I would do it until we got on camera and I'd be like I'm Ashley Levinsky and I'm the curator of the Cody fires <laughs> it was terrible but I then transitioned to a far more eccentric publication now recoil magazine and they wanted really me...
0: concerned where you're going with that
1: oh yeah no recoil magazine and it transformed for me doing like you know actual history to like what is Ashley going to put on like one year like I did it and it turned into like what is Ashley going to put on so we would run around the show and I would be like what can I wear like we go into a booth and I'd be like what can I wear so I was put in a full ghillie suit and I walked around um there's uh that one company on the main level who I can't remember but they have a big old shoe out front um like this super larger than life shoe and we rolled it over put me in it stood me back <laughs> like up different. and then we couldn't get me out of it and then like people are recording like and i and i'm doing videos like look at this <laughs> so i was in a big shoe um and then what are those uh, red man suits is that what it's called i don't know They're, they you look like like a like a um like a transformer you put on like and it's padded
0: and I kind I of can picture a it, but I have no suit. idea what to call it.
1: Uh, I think it's called a red man suit. So that was, but uh, the other part of this is that I have a real job. So I'm dressed like a professional doing all of this. And so that day, that day, one of those days, yeah, that day I had this super tight pencil skirt on and I had a zipper that went all the way up in the back. It was for style, not use. So That sounded bad. So I'm in this red man suit in a pencil skirt, and it got weird. Like we were like beating stuff. Like I had like
0: I don't. I would like to go. It was weird. I don't remember this. I remember the ghillie suit. I was not here for this part. And
1: this was live. And the and like I moved my legs in a way that like the zipper went. (laughs) And it didn't show anything. But I was like, I made them take it down because I was worried. So I that's that's heard. all you
0: need to know, listener, about Sha show is that amount of activity,
1: but why are we there, Danny?
0: Well, as Ashley said, I, you know, and it, shot show is such a large event because it's not it's not actually even open to the public. like you have to be you have to have credentials that you're in the industry. and they police they actually have gotten pretty tight about policing that. So just like trading badges and stuff is still um can get you kicked out of the show. Um, and they still get, even with that sort of restriction on it, they still get, you know, 70, 80,000 people there. Um, and it's just really important for brand awareness. That's why we go have a booth. That's why we, you know, try and do interviews. That's why we talk to a lot of people and just, um, as I just said, the biggest reason we as a nonprofit go to SHOT Show is brand awareness. You know, the museum relies on getting people to come to Wyoming and, um, this is in sort of marketing terms, I'm not a marketer. So apologies to those of you that are. In marketing terms, it's high likelihood visitors for us. You know, people that are at SHOT Show are already interested in what we have to offer at the museum or likely to be. We want to be in front of them. We want them to, you know, engage with us and come see the museum. So that's our number one reason. There's also, you know, certainly for a nonprofit with a lot of, uh, you know, when Olin is there and they gave us the original collection, there's certainly those relationships we want to keep strong. Uh, but i'd say the number one reason and why we sometimes do the kind of crazy interview schedule and meet people is um is brand awareness it's really important for us um to be we're in a corner of wyoming that is hard to get to unless you try so we got to get out there and be in front of people
1: well and i would say too um you mentioned like maintaining relationships with donors um i see shot show as an amazing opportunity to make connections and cultivate prospective donors. Um, so I'm, even though I'm not with Cody anymore, I, you know, take the LA police museum, the university of Wyoming farms research center will be there because it's nice. Um, that's a show where, you know, all the executives are going to be there for at least a day or two. So instead, um, Spending money to travel to Hornady, to travel to Smith and Wesson, to travel to Ruger, you have to travel to see these people because when it comes to fundraising, you do have to see these people. It can't just be all emails and phone calls and Zooms. Um, there's there's a there's a personal component that needs to be there. And so this is an opportunity for me to bring a client. And you know, it's not cheap to be in Vegas that week, but you know, it's way more inexpensive to come and then meet with ten plus companies that may have an interest. And now you've at least made the personal connection, so it's not as difficult to go to an email zoom call connection so it's a wonderful one-stop shop for people to make appointments but then also to meet people I can't I'm not a personality type that I can just go in a booth and be like hi I'm so and so and I want to talk to someone I'm not that person so I'm much yeah. more of a pre planner um but it's it's invaluable to a lot of organizations that don't have a lot of money that need to meet a bunch of people and can't afford to go see those people all the time, unless they know they're a serious prospect.
0: And I think that's a really, you know, you hit it why there are a lot of nonprofits, I think people would be surprised by the number of nonprofits that are there. So um,
1: many. When the uh, ATF there's... is there, government agencies are there. Yeah.
0: Government agencies are there. So if you want to talk to a rep about an issue, um, you know, it's, it's important for people within the industry to be able to talk about like, you know, the complex things of like importing firearms and manufacturing and like that is there that does happen. Um, yeah, the nonprofits are there to to network and companies are there to network. And and it's not just, you know, we we talk about the gun companies a lot, but it's in the name. There are more than just the firearms companies there. So it's it covers a pretty wide range of industries. So there'll probably be some companies you're surprised at that go to SHOT Show. Because
1: yeah. we forgot there's one other section of the show, which is the tactical section here. Right. You know, that's where Daniel Defense is. That's right. where a lot of your tactical brands are. Um and yeah, like and just the like law enforcement side, I think, is what that they kind of the and military side of the show. Yeah, there are a lot of companies that you wouldn't guess would normally be I think be
0: most of the gun community knows SHOT Show because that's when a lot of new firearms get announced. Like, the you know, the new products for the next year often are announced there. That's that's changed a little bit in the last few years as um, some companies, you know, try and get out from under the sort of volume uh, that's announced around the show but it's still a really important part of it and that's why most people know it so i think that's the perception that it is it's, it's all just new guns and new product testing but it's really that's only like a segment of what what happens there um so yeah that's that's shot show and why we would go and
1: can i um, tell one more story can i pull yeah. you and tell one more story that there's I, I didn't realize how many we haven't actually made there. any hot
0: takes about shot Show. we've only um. told stories and talked about the reason
1: that's true. well, we talking you and I if we can if you and I can get like an hour or something like at the show, like let's do our like our live. yeah, but I don't know why if that would even work because we have like two followers on Instagram. but um here's my here's my my concluding story um so years ago, I won this really big award. Uh, it was called the professional outdoor media associations, Chris from shooting sports communicator of the year. It used to be, or it used to just be shooting sports communicator period. But then when I won it, because I was so young, they added of the year. (laughs) It was an award they gave out every year though. Mm -hmm. Um, although fun fact, I was the last person to get the award. So I, I guilted it um but i was it like uh nssf used to have this like big industry dinner like the first night and it was where they would give their industry report of what's gone on in the past year blah 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 and um uh, big like big reception everyone was there um and like every like this is actually something like a lot of the receptions and stuff like important people don't go but like this one you had you know, the CEO of Smith and Wesson, you know, you had like, everybody went to this thing and we're talking 500 at least people. And I, first off, I, I know I'm winning the award, but I am like in sheer panic. I couldn't eat, which you should know means that I'm very scared because I'm always here for, for a braised short rib. And I am like, I don't know like I hadn't come up with anything to say, you know, I knew I had to get up on the stage there was like a 20 foot screen that like projected your face, like when you were talking, which I didn't realize I was on until after. Um, So I'm sitting there and a friend of mine, who's legend in the gun media realm, I'm not going to say what his name, who his name was. And he's like, Hey, why are you so nervous? And I was like, Oh, I have to, you know, get on stage for the Gritz Gresham award. And he goes, Oh, it's nothing. You just get on the stage and you say a few words and then you hand the award to the guy. And I was like, oh, wait, but before he said that, I said something about Gritz Gresham. And he was like, oh, I was nominated for that once. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so he goes, you just hand the award to the guy. And I was like, what if the winner is a woman? And he goes, that would never happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh...
1: and I was like, uh, and oh, and then so the person there was a third person just standing there and that person was Tom Gresham, uh, the son of Gritz Gresham, who was a super famous outdoor sportsman used to be on ESPN and everything. Um, And Tom has his own media legacy. And Tom is standing there and he looks at him and he's like, no, Ashley won the award. (laughs) It's taking me everything to not say his name in the context of the story. And he's like, oh, oh, congratulations. But yeah. Yeah, you just hand the award to the guy. Yeah. What if it was a yeah. woman? That'll never happen. That,
0: never. Never.
1: It was fantastic.
0: That's that's a great story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have probably a million of them that one day when I'm separating myself from this world, we should just story time with Ashley. Maybe that should be a segment. Like we had Dan's Conspiracy Corner that didn't go anywhere. Should it, should we have like story time oh. with Ashley where I tell one story of something ridiculous that has happened to me since I started just a, working with Just Firearms? a recurring
0: segment of, I think this is a great idea. And for the you... record, don't discount Dan's Conspiracy Corner much like any good conspiracy. It lives in the shadows until it's needed. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> good night. <laughs> I think we'll talk to you guys next week. Maybe we'll air the episode where dating gets banned.
0: Maybe we'll air that episode. And I don't know. Do we have any, like, what's your, what's your shortest hot take about SHOT Show?
1: Oh, I don't think I have. Ironically, I don't have short takes.
0: (laughs) You don't have short Um, takes.
1: Hot take from SHOT Show. I want to like gun bunnies. No, sorry. Gun bunnies are different. I want to like booth babes. And I've befriended many over the years at the bar, but they're not that fun to hang around with.
0: It is. It is weird to me that that's a that is an option to select for exhibitor services.
1: Ex- yes, th- that. Yes, that's what I kind of meant, because gun bunnies can just be pretty women that like guns and stuff. but right. boot Babes don't know anything for the most part. It's a different. About guns.
0: And- I th- I like that you made the distinction because people do tend to lump them in all into one category but there is absolutely a distinction and for those of you listening just know that when you select all the things you can have for your booth you know like you can have couches and an office space built and nice carpets and food and beverage you can also select models as a as a service for your or your booth which is weird to me
1: It's a bad look in 2024 It's,
0: it's not it's not a great look so yeah, that's Hires
1: a woman to work for your company that knows what she's talking about.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of them. They that's can even win awards.
1: Take. What's that? We even allowed even we to win awards. <laughs> What's your hot take, Danny?
0: Uh, my hot take is just not, it's probably not that hot of a take, but it's just that Vegas is wildly overrated as a city.
1: Yeah, Danny hates Vegas.
0: I really don't like Vegas. So my hot take about Chacho is I like seeing, you know, I've made a lot of friends in the industry. Move so to Orlando. Yeah, I'm ready to move to Orlando and go ride all the Disney rides. That's my hot take.
1: Dude, no one's in the booth. Why? Danny's, Danny's hanging Disney. out at the hey, bar. In Galaxy Danny's X.
0: networking on the Millennium Falcon. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's my hot take. Danny wants to go to Orlando.
1: Stormtroopers' booth, babes. Bring it up.
0: Actually. actually. That would probably happen. If that was an option, I would probably go for that sooner.
1: They have that Stormtrooper burlesque show, that Star Wars burlesque show. Also, we ended this episode like 10 minutes ago, and here we are just continuing to talk. I have so many thoughts, apparently, about this subject matter. But we will do our best to maybe grab some quick takes from SHOT Show, and uh, we we'll talk to you guys later.
0: See ya.